Nadia Sullenberg presents Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Sullenberg. For those of you living under a log for the past 50 years, the name Thaddeus Ellenberg may not carry much gachet. But for everyone else on the planet, it's a name synonymous with creative genius and boundless imagination. Hi, I'm Gene Crawford, former talk show host and frequent author of Book Forwards. I first met Thaddeus during his first appearance on my show back in 1967. Little did either of us know at the time that this would be the first of many spanning three decades. Now, through the generosity of the Ethel James Foundation, in conjunction with the Institute of Television Arts, these timeless appearances have been revisited with special commentary from Ellenberg himself, recorded before his sudden passing after being subjected to an overcrowded public space. A man the head of Lincoln Studios, Justin Kraft, called a crackpot. Tighten the thighs in a goddamn gold mine. That is a proverbial gold mine and not a literal one. Although, he did once own and operate a profitable manganese mine in Guyana. For the first time since their original airings, the esteemed visionary and funny man that stole our hearts and delighted our imaginations, from his tear-jerking family comedies of the 1990s to his bleak, emotionally charged and sexually raw retrospectives, also for families, takes us back to where it all began, when collectively we fell in love, and Ellenberg, he became a household name. The Gene Crawford Show. Tonight, Gene's guests are... I forgot how black and white the early episodes were. I remember they were black and white, but this looks particularly black and white. The show's title sponsor, Tatum Sodium Nitrate Tablets, would never foot the bill for color. Same with my special in 69. In fact, the budget was so absurd, the... Thaddeus Ellenberg's Super Spectacular Show remains the network's only special to elicit in its viewing audience a call to ration. I don't recollect the camera we used. Uh, probably a Telenetic TK40. Weighed a comfortable 400 pounds. Perhaps a 41. Is that something we could find out? Thank you, Jack. Play, play us a little something on the symbols there. Oh, that is... Well, I really don't see what's so difficult. <laughs> KTLM-TV, affiliate of TBC, late 60s. It came in after 10 between channels 3 and 4 at a range of one and a half feet, the recommended viewing distance of the day. The network shot to Bismarck 35S series stock back then. They then ran it through a high analog telesend developed by the late Rudolph McKenzie, the maverick in the ways of transferring. He was jailed for setting fire to the Eastman Labs. 
Concise. I'll give them Afterward, the they'd shoot the screen in 16, then blow it up to 35, no project it onto the wall, and film it again in 16, before blowing it back up to 35, of which they then output to the signal. It was a process known as Copperfield Cigarettes' eratization. My name's Barbara Bissell. Really, you don't have a page that can check the station's equipment registry and get me an Oysters Rockefeller sandwich? Huh. That's surprising. You know, you bring me here to discuss the nature of my existence. Look, it was the TV-17 Studios at West 59th and 11th Avenue, September 5th, 1969. It was a, it was a gorgeous day outside. What's so complicated about that? The operator was Mike Spinelli. He had a prosthetic ear. In the summer, he hunted Icelandic narwhal from an 18th-century skiff of oak and seal semen. He was an extraordinary man. We shared a passionate love affair. I can still feel his calloused caress and the way he cradled my head. It was gray. Now, my next guest is a fresh new face on the scene. He's a writer on The Dave Perry Show, and you can find him performing next month at the Appalachian Music Hall in Hollywood Grove, Tennessee. Or catch him regularly on Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday, brought to you by MacArthur Roosevelt. Really, really, really great stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Thaddeus Ellenberg. Was <laughs> that magnificent specimen? Truthfully, I was 12 hours into a high protein dietary formula called Caesar Silva's Lifeguard Physique and Strongman Habitus. It was later banned by the FDA and adopted by the Libyan government for use in chemical castration. Look at that tie, so skinny. I used to fantasize how it would look upside down hanging from my shower head. Whew. Still a sharp suit. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I was 19 here, and my fourth wife at the time advised against it. <laughs> Said it was outdated. Primitive was the word she used, and suggested a saffron blouse number instead. Looked like a technicolor swashbuckler. A peasant laboring in the mountain vineyards of Madrid with a gravelly cough and worsening limp. Her judgment was always in question. Now, out of respect, I won't mention her name publicly. Not that it matters. She isn't famous. Catherine, though, always wanted to do something, but ended up remarrying a sofa salesman in Burbank, the Sofa Sultan. I think they got him on tax evasion. Now, now I wanted to ask you about this, because you are, you're, uh, by your own admission, a bit of an unorthodox sort. You're, uh... Are you... Is everything all right there? You, you seem a little fidgety. Are you nervous, Thaddeus? Me? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. I, <clears throat> I, I just have an, a, an aversion to stillness. I, uh, I pace full-time for the American Association of Those with Writer's Block. <laughs> you see the carpet in my bedroom. I've, I've worn out these trails that lead down to the kitchen where I go to drink. <laughs> also moonlight for a deer named Wilmer. Is that right? Wilmer? Yeah, yeah, Wilmer. Bernadette Beverly's went out before me, and I thought I sat in some ectoplasm. After the taping, we made love in the middle of the green room. It was very uncomfortable for the gal with the animal act. Beverly's was a freak. Her shrieking could be heard four blocks away at the original kosher deli. They invented a sandwich to commemorate the occasion. It was open-faced and drowning in gravy. 
Would you like to stand? Uh, <laughs> yes, thank you. Incidentally, where are we on that sandwich? You know, the more I think of it, this chair is not working. It doesn't, doesn't quite give me the elevation I require in a chair. And frankly, this is my least best angle. I'm sorry? Well, why will we not be filming this? Just audio? I don't understand. I feel like I should be holding something. A pointer to wrap on the window when I think of something interesting. A riding crop. Something to twirl about and dazzle the senses. And please, I need my fourth shaw. It's much too chilly in here. Is there an open vent somewhere? Oh, what is this? All right, that's enough. Let's stay professional. Exhibit a little uh, decorum around here. Let's switch places. You want to switch places? Then you can play adorable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you have the same charm and jawline. Is this all we're going to be doing? Watching this? Seriously. Hairline, yes. Well, that certainly seems like a frivolous use of resources. I was under the impression we would be performing some of my early works, or reading passages from my new novel, The Alabaster Allegory. A follow-up to the pewter parable pinned under my pseudonym, Mike Stevens. Stretching seamlessly across the sands of Whitetail Beach, the shadows of her grandfather's once unspoiled three-story pride shimmering for decades in shades of New England blue, now suddenly filled with the silhouetted ghosts of bygone days. Not to mention, if I'm speaking plainly, my on-air talks with Jean Crawford pale in comparison to my other talk show appearances. Would you like to hear the time I went on the Jeb Donaldson show dressed as a gourd pinup advertising a local pumpkin patch and corn maze? <laughs> I was signing husk well into springtime. I'm sure you can imagine. In 1973, I played in a rhythm and blues band called The Chambers with Valentino Domingo's son, Richie Domingo. We played on Greg Willman during his hiatus when Jerry Langer was substituting. Langer was a genius. The vast majority of the public was unaware of his erotic seashell art. Though it was very popular within my celebrity circles. We were the true romantics. Langer held private auctions. Ritualistic, if you will. Everyone in Hollywood was vying for an invitation. Producer Jillian Parfait was lucky enough to snag a three-inch tight-lipped drill piece in a straight-up trade for a Tuesday morning comedy special. It did terribly. Gigi, uh, Gigi Bloom, the club owner. Now, she'll never admit to this because she'll claim we've never met. But in the foyer of her Malibu home, you'll find a langer on the table visible from the hedge out front. A sandy fig snail with pornographic graffiti. Breathtaking. Richard Bullsworth bought Langer's collection of one-tooth simnia shells suspended from strings like a sex swing. Appraisers valued at several quarters of a million dollars. Langer, Langer had a sensational eye. The glassy, bulbous contours of a deepening pink conch shell would fan a flame of desires only satisfied by a solo getaway to your beach house in West Sag. 
My marine and maritime mantle, lined with wide-mouthed bonnet shells, affixed with pipe-cleaner arms and googly eyes from Langer's early craft days, given to me on my 45th birthday. Jerry Langer was the truest man I ever knew. A god-awful talk show host, but a, a saint. A hell of an artist. Let's go again. I want to tell that story with my legs crossed. So, Thaddeus, let me ask yes. you. Yes, so, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Now, you're very fit, very lean. I'm on the uh, snake diet. I eat a small child once a week. Now, is fitness important to you? No, no, not at all. But vanity is a major part of my life. How, how would you describe yourself? <laughs> Honestly? Well, well, or dishonestly, <laughs> in your terms. In my terms. I get, no, we're going, we're going there, okay? We're, okay, we're going there. I'm, I'm, defi- I'm, someone, I'm someone that can't take yes for an answer. It's, it's terribly exhausting. Mostly for the people closest to me. Spatially, that is. Now, I, I understand you, you grew up in Tennessee. That's right, yeah, Tennessee. What was that like? Have you ever been to Atlantic City? Because I haven't. In my career and social corners, I was never really defined by my association to the South. And because of it, shunned by my friends and family and stripped of my regional heritage. It always felt limiting, and my interests, like the man I am, were global and ever-diversifying. I spoke at length on Wanderlust decades before it became the word for aimless strangers having sex in the park. No, I love the South. You know, I... I, I mean, the weather's gorgeous. The weather's atrocious. Like a thick coat of blazing diesel with hot breath slinging its meaty thigh over your winter pajamas. Most of the elders have baked their skin to a leather-like complexion with protective plates called amber discs. They can be removed and used as a seat cushion at local sporting events. But it is a region set in its ways like the seasons, steeped in a rich tradition of mosquito bites. <laughs> Skilled in scratching is a must. Few make it on the competitive circuit. Do you like the seasons? I love the seasons. I hate the seasons. What about the holidays, you big uh, holiday guy? No. Gene, I'm a holiday nut. Really? I reject all forms of cyclical celebration. What's your favorite holiday? Oh, that's very personal. I, I refuse to acknowledge the question. Oh, is that a little too private? Is what too private? I'm, I'm far from private. I'm. Who is speaking in my ear? I'm very open about the things I like. And Announce my... yourself, Spectre. Cryptic, but open. <sighs> Can I get someone to top off my sipper? Now, you know, I would never say this to Gene's face, although it's been recorded thousands of times over 40 years in various venues, formal and casual, of which Gene's publicly criticized by continuously threatening to never have me on the show again, including that once sought-after invitation to his dressing room, a crowning achievement for any up-and-coming talent. That more often than not was just Gene asking you to listen to his tight five, but the craft options on offer for his guests were notoriously lacking in a dismal bore. 
Not even fit for a common hobo or a band of circus freaks. In 69, we took our protest to the streets, but were overshadowed by a parade to honor veterans by forcing them to drive around in small cars. Thank you, Dolores. Oh, it's not. It should be. You'd be well advised to change it to Dolores. That would be my only adjustment. No, but I, I do love the seasons. You love the season? Well, what is your favorite season? Uh, Winter. Autumn. Damn! Did you guys know that? You, of all people, should know Did you cheat and watch it before? Well, I really don't think that's fair. I think we should play it back and do it over again. Yeah, ne ne never mind, never mind. Here, use take two. And yes, I prefer to do my own call. Camera. Sound. Action. Autumn. <laughs> With these new novelty stereophonic digital transfers by Castle Technology, you can change anything. Did you all poll and find that new generations respond more to Autumn? <laughs> I can see that. Okay, yeah, great. Go with take two. Mark that. You're going to want to mark that on the tape. Mark it. Mark it. Mark it on the tape. That's a circle take. Mark it. We, got, we, well, we all want to know. What's next for you? Well, Gene, to be honest, I'm actually kind of in the market for a job. Hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sadly, as many of you may have heard, Dave Perry is retiring at the end of this year. Which of you have engaged in sexual intercourse with one another? You two? You? <laughs> Certainly not you. In my prime, none of you would have been safe for my advances, which rivaled the prowess and vigor of an art school professor. Furthermore, all of these windscreens would need to be removed from the studio. My crews were never permitted foam. Well, I have always wanted to try my hand at television. Would you like to take a second here on the show, you know, reach out to someone? Oh, uh, I don't think the audience really wants yeah. me to do that, on, do you? I think that's a yes. Should I? I mean, should I? Really? Should I? Come on, let's do it. Okay. I mean, it's not like we built this bit in rehearsal or anything. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I tell you. Yeah. All right, settle down. I'm going to write down my cellular number and place it here on the table, if anyone's interested. Along with a book of artistic nudes taken of me by photographer Chester Gasparnelli. Totally impromptu. Had no idea this was happening. Which camera are we in? I think we're going to go to camera D. What? Close, the close-up? D? A D? Camera D? They're tasteful, yet graphic representations of me captured through a series of hand mirrors placed at various low levels. The early proceeds went to a very charitable cause. Gasparnelli's block party was the end of the summer smash everyone wanted to be caught dead at. In fact, over the years, many were. Their portraits hung inside Gasparnelli's posh pool house as a tribute to both our turbulent and sentimental natures. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. Ooh, I'm nervous. Hi. My name is Thaddeus Ellenberg. Oh my god, I remember this routine. Wait, wait, don't don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I need a job. And if you don't hire me, well, I'm afraid of what I might do. Like pick up a shift at the bobbin factory, threading spindles. 
even though they recently lost most of their contracts to a number of the state's correctional facilities. See, over the years, I've grown accustomed to a lavish lifestyle of which I'd like to maintain. The tiny ones of whom I've bared adjacent are maddeningly limited in their physical strengths and provide little in the way of financial contribution. Sadly, even the sale of them brings in a meager penny. The older ones remember, which drastically upsets their resale value. Their small fingers would be invaluable down at the bobbin factory, but again, the prison system. Their stranglehold on the market, much like the hold on their victims, has forced me into a life of writing. A middling wordsmith, in my humble opinion, hawking endless plays of fancy packed with dates and a steady stream of proper nouns. So if you're looking to fill a seat at your table, please reach out to my manager, who would appreciate me not mentioning their name on air. To conclude, I'll leave you with this. Boil it all down. The quality of my children's lives are in your hands and yours alone. Do the right thing. And again, everybody here, my number's on the table if I have any takers. Right next to the photo book. I've taken the liberty of marking several particularly exquisite samplings I'm especially fond of. The entire collection, though, is nothing short of a shining testament to the textual radiance of flesh. See here? See here how the, how the cacti and textile of the poncho in this smart southwestern spread complement the close-ups of wrinkly tautness. This particular photograph is called Elbow, Question Mark, and Turquoise. We're going to have more, uh, mm, sir. <laughs> we'll have more of Mr. Ellenberg after this commercial break. Won't you stick around? This has been a production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich. And artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Allenberg and Will Scovel. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at tecasualfriday.com or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com. 